Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 13, Episode 14, The Blind Fighting Feat. The book, Mall Lockdown, by Joe Schreiber. The year, 2014, Chapters 59 through 63. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go, because I swear this is my last take. Hey everybody, welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast, where I am Jeff, and that is John, and that is true nowhere else. And by the way, when I said that is John, it's because I pointed at him, but I know this is a, an auditory-only medium, but you're just going to have to go with me. But that does mean, of course, we're sitting in the same room. Oh yeah, this is our first episode of Expounded Universe back. Uh, we've done a system mastery, a bonus content, and an afterthought so far, but we're just going through the cycle and getting each and every one of these things back together into its regular and proper order. Yes, indeed. Now, I can look you in the eyes and correct you for how wrong you are. Ooh, yeah, or I can cut you off when you try to start, which is what I used to do, and it's what it kept me from looking a right fool all the time. One right fool, yeah. please. Yeah, now now you're you're powerless over my my uh, just overriding voice and ability to just talk forever. Yeah, you've got it. Mm -hmm. You've got it down. I do. That's my that's my talent. Is if I'm wrong, at least I'm still talking. <laughs> if I'm wrong, at least you can't say anything. I should run for some kind of political office. <laughs> These clowns in Congress, am I right? Yeah, you'd be perfect mm -hmm. up there with a little red nose and a wig. <laughs> it's clown. time to put an actual clown in Congress. I wonder if anyone's ever run with that as their their camp. Probably right. I mean, I mean there's there a million. Yeah. So someone's probably been like, "Fuck it, I'm putting. I'm going to be the first to put a real clown in. I don't know, Tacoma City Councilman positions. <laughs> Watch for me, Tacoma. I'm a coming. Watch for it. <laughs> Look to the east. I love it because every time I I pluck a random city or country out of my head, we we have listeners there every time. Yeah. Like we're getting the, we have the Iceland listeners right now because of the bonus content. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or at least i don't know if they're still in iceland but they are of icelandic descent the icelanders mm -hmm. all icelanders of course still descending from firing themselves 30 feet in a random direction as per the stereotype as per mm -hmm. check out our bonus content at the patreon yes and <laughs> hey so uh we're still pushing our way through the star wars book mall lockdown in which mall is put into a in which mall is locked down <laughs> Maul is uh, forcibly interred in a galactic space prison at the behest of his master, the evil his Lord Master, master the, <laughs> e the evil Lord Zedius, <laughs> <laughs> who uh, has strictly instructed him to purchase a weapon from a secret arms dealer named Iram Radik and sell it to a mercenary faction called the Bandogora, so that the Bandogora, a notable death cult, can use it to destroy Sidious's trainer and rival, Darth Plagueis. Mm, mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, he has also instructed Maul that under no circumstances is he to use his force abilities in a visible way. Yeah, and when last we left our sort of almost a hero... Uh, Jabba had invaded the prison. Mm -hmm. We have an entire shootout going on in the hangar bay. Yep. There's holes Darth in the Maul floor. Had just 
gotten out of his extremely warm box that's a turbo lift yep because the uh the evil warden of the prison sadiki blear had attempted to cook him alive with her i guess easy bake elevators that she has is just one of the many functions of her her eternally reconfigurable super prison yeah it it still seems weird to me mm-hmm. that she was like i have a way to re- reconfigure my hanger so that just like a five meter gap opens up. Yeah. But there isn't a way to reconfigure it so that a much larger gap opens up underneath the feet of the invaders. Yeah. I would have figured that all all she really needs to do is is run a configuration where all of the hatches in which ships can connect to the the prison are closed. So just that the ship gets cut loose and drifts off into space would would be one way to do it. I mean, that or... Just open up the hangar bay to yeah. space and let it suck all those idiots out. Yeah, now that she's not in there anymore, because she's managed to... Uh, now, notably, if you're keeping score with what's happening in the last chapter or last episode of the show, Siddiqui had one of her feet eaten by a Kel dragon. Uh, Kel Domage, she exclaimed. <laughs> and uh, she was dragged to safety by her helper droid, 3D, who has some features that apparently she does not even remember installing in 3D. Yeah, like drugs. Yeah, he has, yeah, 3D has drug needles and uh, apparently the ability to install uh, according to this this episode new feet. <laughs> new feet. <laughs> new brand new feet. Brand new feet. That's what we should have called this episode, brand new feet. But <laughs> <laughs> my new oh, feet. Is, is it too late to change the name of the episode to feet please BB? <laughs> Yes. You just get some cam jokes in there for the three year listeners who know cam lingo as well. Yeah, I was going to say, for, for those out there who know cam girl language mm-hmm. and Star Wars. I'm friends with a couple of people who do cam girl work. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. I get it. I've, I've talked to them about their experiences, and the most common thing they have to, to do is say, please stop saying BB, and please, it's it's some number of dollars for feet. I know you do. I, I know you think I think that feet are just not not sex organs, but they are to you. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> the BB thing is so weird to me that that's like a widespread thing. Yeah, I yeah. It's interesting because the two people I know who do regular cam work don't know each other, and and the and uh, don't even work off the same sites. And yet, yes, that is a completely infiltrated thing to, in both of their experiences. Oh yeah. So uh, it's just kind of a neat thing. Anyway, uh, the first chapter in this episode is just sort of a like an introduction to the wolf worm. Yeah. It's so just, this is a chapter from the point of view of the Cyrox. Yeah, and and more rundown. The Cyrox is a giant evil worm that that, that or not evil really, but a giant worm that roams the the underbelly of the station. And when it eats people, it sarlacks them, so their brain is eternally trapped and screaming. Yes. And we get a little bit of the backstory of the Cyrox now. So we figure out how did it get in the prison, mm-hmm. where did it originally come from, and also that it is a horrible nightmare monster. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I did uh, the only name I remember out of its backstory is Walid. Uh the rest there was it comes from some planet and there was it was, came here on some alien. Great, thanks. Next chapter. <laughs> I mean, we can go through it if you want to tell me the actual names. So, originally the Cyrox was from Monsolar. Monsolar. And it was treated as a, like, godlike being. This was sort of like the the worm in Dune. Yes. Where it was just like, oh yeah, everyone is absolutely terrified of it, but treats it like a godlike being. I get that. 
It's and, kind of the Cthulhu-style godlike being. Oh, yeah, because this thing lives fucking forever and yeah. is terrifying if it grows. Honestly, the problem with these things is the ecology doesn't really seem like it would work. If you've got a bunch of immortal brain-eating ultra worms that create millions of duplicates of themselves, they're going to run out of stuff to eat real fast. They're a, they're a gray goo problem. I assume they eat each other eventually. They must, yeah. But the, I mean, the thing is, they hang around, they do stuff in the jungles, all the people there have, like, death cult stuff, and it, like, songs and myths and whatever about them. Yeah, but they, they lay nest uh, web eggs in trees that, that birth millions of these little tiny worms, which we've already met. Some of them got into Darth Maul's mouth once. Yeah. But luckily, Thankfully, I think he spit them out. He spit them out. But apparently they want to go in your mouth because they, they their first Same. life cycles. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. We all got holes. We all got fingers. Learn to use them, people. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The glory worm. <laughs> Sorry. I was listening to someone else's Zardoz review. I know we covered it ourselves, but they were talking. They, they made an interesting point that all the men of that middle rich people city in the, had no one has sex anymore because procreation doesn't matter. And they were like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's got fingers and holes go to town <laughs> uh, in, in, anyway um the the when the little tiny baby worms hatch they drop down into the swamps that feed all the rivers on that planet where, where they make their way into people who are stupid enough to, to drink un, unfiltered water uh and then eventually they eat the host from the inside out and have their memories and eat start eating more people because their first life cycle is eat you from the inside out and their second life cycle is eat you from the outside in yeah but they always make sure that you get eaten that's uh they are they're compassionate that way i do think that probably one of the reasons that you don't have just an overrun situation with these wolf worms is I mean, one, people are going to not just drink out the water because mm -hmm. they know not to. So probably the most, most of the time when you get something gestating, it'll be some dumb animal. Yeah, you got to say, uh, you got to assume that most of the animals on this planet, the problem with this worm in its life cycle, because we have parasites on Earth, I'm not dumb, but they aren't immortal and, and they don't switch from one life cycle where they, they eat someone from the inside out to a second one where they eat everything forever. <laughs> that's that's the that's the run the running problem with these worms well, Eco ecologically don't know their birthing cycle and how often they do this tons that's i mean we've already seen that this worm has completely infested this hive with billions of its dumb little larva and there are other worms now that are big not as big as it of course but big worms i mean here's the thing <laughs> also let me put this out there it came here in a guy so it was in stage one it's now 50 feet long and it's only been here three years well i mean it's got quite a lot of food to get that's fair every that's time fair. someone dies it gets to eat it yeah that's true because everyone just dumps them down the swirly toilet hole at the bottom of that gladiatorial arena and i guess it just sits down there oh yeah it's and just no, been gorging no one's ever like you know maybe we should just pour a gallon of bleach down there just it's starting to smell no. you should run a roto rooter down the down the body dra uh, drain <laughs> just just bust the stuff up. Yeah, except they'd be like, yeah, but there's no stuff down there. It's clean as a whistle. <laughs> Clearly. That's why it smells like screaming death. <laughs> no, it just sounds like that in my brain. <laughs> well, eventually, someone's going to fall down that, that sp uh, spirally drain with like a lit thermal detonator. But yeah, eventually, eventually, obviously. Uh, hey, odds are. <laughs> yeah, 
Of course. Or just some species that blows up on death. Yes. That's the... the like we know in yeah. Star Wars. Oh, come on, everything's in Star Wars. There's got to be some species that maybe guzzlebs do it. Well, you, <laughs> you don't know. Educated fleas do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's blow up on death. <laughs> now, the, uh, the interesting thing here, of course, being that I think... On its native planet, yeah, I assume it also is something that, like, if you find one that's like, oh, I just ate my way out of a guy, and I'm like a a tiny rat-sized worm, yeah, that's probably a thing you murder immediately if you yeah. find one of those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if if it's if it's big enough to have come out of a guy, and anyone sees, it it's probably goes into the food chain at that point. This is, you know, the same thing with Sarlax, where Sarlax have like 15 life cycles and they, they start out like wolf-sized. Oh, yeah. They start out actually able to move around and then eventually just go, and this is where I will build my kingdom. Yeah. What you're seeing here is unchecked rampant growth of a species that unfortunately doesn't have a death part. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you've listened to our bonus content for this, the Expanded Expanded Universe, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash systemmastery, yes. the $2 level. Uh, I did a whole thing on the uh, the Sarlax and their life cycle, and also they have predators and stuff. Like there are things that even a fully grown Sarlax will get fucked up yeah, by. Great dragons. So I assume that on their home world, there's probably something that at least the not full grown ones will get eaten by. Must be. It, yeah, it must be. So anyway, this this chapter we have gone on. If we had read this chapter to you word for word, we would have been done 10 minutes ago. Well, yeah, but this is all speculation. Yeah. The chapter's a page and a half long. It's just like, hey, just so, just so you know, here's a chapter where I'm going to clear up all the details about the wolf worm. Here, I, this is me, Joe. How you doing, everybody? Look, um, the wolf worm's not sentient. It it, it, it wasn't put here yeah, deliberately. It's not a trap. It was brought here on accident by an unremarkable prisoner who died. Uh, it's just a big animal that's wandering around. It's hungry and stupid. And yes, it is technically a trap for a bunch of screaming brains, but that's just part of its life cycle that makes it so it's a, got an instinctive telepathic attack it can at- do on victims. I mean... We don't know. I assume at this point, also, because there's so many victims that it has taken, that it is way worse than it would be in its home territory yeah. because probably it's eating like some animals or something but if you just keep eating sentient dudes yeah like at some point like it can think of itself now well i'll tell you what i'll try it and i'll let you know my results all right i'm gonna you go tell eat- me how many dudes you eat i'm gonna go eat a bunch of sentient dudes yeah or at least sapient dudes and i'll get back to you with my with my report <laughs> good mm-hmm. let's take a break and we'll come back with a full report after this okay uh yeah we're back and i've just been off on my quest to eat a tremendous amount of sapient and or sentient dudes uh mostly i am full mm. Mm, yeah mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but are you full of their consciousness well i'm full of their something <laughs> all right everybody let's get back to it next chapter next chapter we go over to owen who last episode we know that uh maul was gonna try and go find owen because mm-hmm. he's sort of the last link that maul possibly has to try and find radik yes yeah because he knows the secret or whatever but apparently that was a lie because this is a chapter okay let's go ahead and put this out there artigan is still alive yes i did not expect that i mean this guy has not died yet this guy has been on 
doing his, listen to me, these are my final words for five chapters now. Oh, He's yeah. changed locations three times during it. Oh, yeah. No, he he was being tortured, then he got taken out of there, he went to the morgue, he got taken out of there, he's now in, like, Artigan and Owen's room. Mm-hmm. And the whole time he's just like, heed my final words. And at this point, Owen's got to be checking his watch. Oh, yeah. I have one last thing to say to you. Call me Ishmael. (laughs) Let me recite fully the rhyme of the ancient mariner to you as my final words. (sighs) Okay, Dad. All right. (laughs) Look, I'm going to put you on speaker. I'm doing laundry. (laughs) Uh, Look, I'm not going to be looking at you, but I'm listening. Go on. Uh, Cassie wants to say hi. Okay, say hi to Grandpa. (laughs) Hi. uh, I was Uh, trying to do the rhyme of the ancient... Mariner. (laughs) (laughs) But as we join with Owen now, he is still hanging out with his somehow conscious and able to talk dad, Mm -hmm. who's like, son, he's coming. He's he's coming to kill me. Listen closely to my story. (laughs) Radik's coming and he's coming hard. (laughs) Oh, dad, Radik's not coming for you. Shut up, idiot. I thought you saved his life. I did, but it doesn't matter. No, that's why he's coming to kill me. It's a stupid situation. Everything's dumb. Yeah. But this is the point where, now a long time ago, Artigan promised Darth Maul that Owen knows everything. And here's where we find out, no, he doesn't, because this is Artigan about to tell him everything. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, again, you can still maybe hold out hope that, like, Owen has seen... Radik before but didn't realize it was Radik mm-hmm. so on like site he'd be able to tell but man this chapter is really him just going like let me tell you the full backstory and Owen's like what I've never heard this before right. I have no idea what's happening yeah so here's us telling you the full backstory uh, a long time ago Artigan and his wife joined the Bandogora because they were looking for spiritual fulfillment and thought they would find it in the Bandogora. They they fell in with a cult, not realizing it, realizing it was a death cult, got in too deep to get out without breaking their own lives or being killed by the obvious crazy death cultists. I mean... Uh, its wife did die. I was going to say, it is heavily implied that he probably killed his own wife or at least watched her die from the death cult and was still in it. Yes, yeah. It says that even though she died as something having to do with the death cult, that wasn't even enough to shake him out of it. Um, he only left when he realized they were about to kill Iram Radik, a person who he only knew was a powerful gun-running mercenary, and he thought, if I save that guy from these guys, he might take me with him. Oh, yeah. He's like, then I would actually have someone powerful on my side because if i just try and fuck off and run away from the bandogora they will hunt me down and murder me and Mm -hmm. they are much better at hunting down and murdering than i am at running away yeah except that isn't true i can't leave because if i try to leave they'll make my family stay and make a bunch of youtube videos about how they've disowned me (laughs) they'll tell me i'll never make it to stage two of engram removal i'm sorry i'm talking about an entirely similar thing a different death cult um, so he escapes by saving Iram Radik and Iram's like, yeah, definitely. I'll get in touch with you and help you out at some point. And then just ghosts him entirely because Iram, if there's one thing we know about Iram Radik, it's that he's an insanely paranoid weirdo. Oh yeah. And also at this point, I mean, 
this is supposed to be fairly early in Radik's career still, so he hasn't quite gotten to the notoriety he has, but still very powerful. And it, <laughs> the story's like, oh yeah, and it took him like three years of me fucking around doing fights for him to finally contact me, and I'm just thinking, really? Because it feels like if you could fuck around for three years without the Bando Gora getting you, you probably were fine. They probably didn't care that one dude left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he eventually went to Radik to for help no, by figuring out where he was and was like, all right, if you're not going to come back and rescue me, I'll come to you. And Radik made him an offer. Yeah. The main offer that we know he has given several prisoners mm -hmm. work for me. You make a bunch of tech and weapons and whatnot. But I gotta get your eyeballs. I take your eyeballs away because I can't have people ever see me or do anything where they could ever report to anyone. So oh, yeah. I, I permanently blind you, but you're safe. Yeah, and, and he was like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't give up my eyeballs. Yeah, that's nah, not any kind of life, dude. You can't raise the kid. The whole point is he wants to raise this boy. If he's like, well, I'll raise this boy, I'm sure Rudy could be like, oh, oh, you have a kid? Okay, I got to blind your kid, too, and your kid also has to work in the oh, factory. Yeah. Be like, all right, once your kid's old enough to work in here, which is probably now, yeah, I, I don't care. Yeah, he's not going to be like, yeah, I blind you so you can never report on my activities, but please, every night, go home and tell your kid what you were up to. Yeah. That sounds reasonable to me. So it makes sense that he would turn it down. And from that point forward, Radik was like, fine, I guess you can live in this ultra prison, but you and I are fucking finished professionally. Yeah. And so now it doesn't matter that he saved his life. He's like, I already told fucking Maul. the Zabrak how to yeah. get in touch with the Gora. I know that they're going to come here. So I've told him a whole bunch of stuff about Radik. I've told him how to get in touch with the people that want to murder him. So... I am dead. Like, 100%, he is sending dudes to kill me. Yes. And Owen, of course, is just like, no, it can't go like that. And that's when some guys come in to do the thing. <laughs> One of them just from behind him goes, oh, actually, kid, it's going to go exactly like that. Also, hello, we're all blind enforcers. And he's like, how the fuck did you get here? And they were led by birds. How are they, are they, are these blind guys not being kept in gen pop? Don't you think that would become an increasingly noticeable thing that every once in a while some guy shows up in this fight to the death prison and then a few days later doesn't have eyeballs and there's like 30 of them and they always hang around together. Wouldn't that eventually draw more attention than not doing that? I mean, I have to assume that with his influence over things, I mean, especially Dakarai having the blind guys out of the fight. Him, yeah. Like. None of them are fighting, yeah. which means they don't really have to go mingle with anybody because they can just hang out, get whatever food they need, and go back to their cells. And I doubt he's like, oh, yeah, I've got a full workforce of dozens of guys. I'm sure he's got like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. He, he certainly sent six or seven here now. Oh, yeah. Um, and we learn how the whole operation works here. This is the last bit of the puzzle. The clawbirds are so well trained that they can drag blind guys around like on order. Yeah, which is weird. I'm not really sure how that would work. I assume it's those kipu strands that hang from all the, the clawbird legs. Kipu, by the way, is a real word. Um, it's not a made up thing for Star Wars. It's it's a Central American and and uh, South American term for uh, like measuring and census keeping and so on mm -hmm. is knots on strings. So that's kind of a fun import into the book. But here I assume they're being used as ersatz leashes 
that you grab one and just let the bird pull you along until you get to the... Uh, granted, it's going to look really weird to the other prisoners. See, I was figuring it was they just stand on the shoulder and then we'll like stab a claw depending on where they need to go. So it's oh, like, oh, you just, need to turn ratatou- right. Stab. So they ratatouille them? Yes. <laughs> Everyone else got a bird on its head that's steering them. Once again, look very weird to bystanders. Like, this prison is full of evil super prison murderers. You got all these, like, gravity, massive, and bone king guys. And if you saw a blind guy walking by with a bird on his head, I think you'd just shiv him in the back to see what happens. And then what happens is I know, you're shows immediately up. murdered. Yeah, Radik shows up and murders you, obviously. Or he sends more blind guys probably oh uh, yeah and but then still and th- then word gets around don't fuck with the blind guys that must be it that must be it it must have happened a while ago yeah anyway these guys are here to kill Artigan, and owen charges at them but they just instantly beat him up blind or otherwise uh they know how to fight and so they just knock him to the floor and then push on past him six or seven guys with long knives and start chopping up Artigan. oh yeah and they're just like going to town the book is like oh yeah they'll chop in there and you'll get these like big sprays of flipping blood coming out as they Mm -hmm. lift the like blades out of his body and uh this is exactly the rage inducing element that owen finally needed to achieve his crowning moment of ultimate glory and turn into a naruto yeah he finally gets to the point where he's like i remember that zabrak said that i would never be half the man i my father is but now I know I just need to get real angry and then I can do the 52 fists. Time for some shit that didn't happen. I'm going to brag about this on the internet. You're fucking dead, mate. I enjoy that he's like, yeah, I did it. I did the 52 fists and it's like, it's like I, I wasn't even there. I was watching my body murder all of these guys, all of these very blind guys that I attacked uh, from yep. behind. <laughs> Granted, they turn around and try to defend themselves. It's supposed to be a badass moment. At this point, all of his training comes rushing back. He comes outside of his own head, and he, he dashes in and beats the fuck out of uh, beats to death these six blind men. Uh, no mention is made of the claw birds. I assume they left after the. I guess because I was also <laughs> wondering that. I was like, oh, it doesn't say he like punches birds out of the air either. I would assume they would defend them. Yeah, but I, I think that once the, the birds just drop them off and they have to like... Pu- <laughs> I'll be back in a half hour. You have fun, honey. <laughs> Artigan all calling them. Look, he peed his pants. You're going to need to come pick him up early. I'm sorry. Oh, it's his first sleepover. These things do happen. <laughs> uh, but m- way more impressive than Owen finally working up the nerve to be a murder man with his super fists. Mm-hmm. Is Artigan surviving being stabbed like at least a dozen to two dozen times? Well, it's six guys with two knives each, and they go to town for a while while he stands there and builds up his key reserves. So, I mean, I assume he's dragon balling. That's got to be what's happening, is Owen's <laughs> just standing there. <laughs> I mean... He has to be able to sit there and watch them stab him and then get up and then start beating them. So you have to assume Artigan has taken a lot of stabs. Yeah, this guy can't die. They can stab him with their steely knives. (laughs) They just can't kill the beast. (laughs) We have to kill the beast. He's different and therefore he must be evil. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Reference Thanks, Gaston. into reference 
into reference. But no, he's still fucking alive, and he manages to gurgle out some more last words. Oh, yeah, he's finally like, ah, yes, the 52 fists. I'm so proud of you, son, that my dying moments were watching you murder six guys through a blood-red haze over my eyes. You finally did it, Neji. You did the 64-fist-8 trigrams or whatever. Good job. You're a Naruto. You, you took the weights off of your legs. You finally mm-hmm. did it. Now you have cool Byakugan eyes. <laughs> uh, or Bakugan eyes. Or, I don't know, the Neopat eyes. <laughs> Uh, or Beyblade eyes. You got them Beyblade eyes. <laughs> They're spinning. <laughs> She's got Beyblade eyes. Anyway, Maul shows up and is like, hey, cool, you you kill all these guys? Hey, you beat I kind of hoped he'd been like, oh, I guess he took them all out before he died, huh? Because <laughs> you dad- didn't do it, you little bitch. <laughs> dad must have sat up and <laughs> fucked all these dudes up while you watched and cried like a baby. Yeah, instead he just kind of takes in the scene and is like, you did that? Great, come with me. We got shit to do. Good, we're going. Yeah. Now, uh, th- that does skip over that, yes, Artigan finally kicks keels the bucket. Kicks yeah. keels over and kicks the bucket. So we aren't going to see him again gurgling out m- last words for one more chapter. Yay. <laughs> we're done. Exit Artigan. Chopped to bits, stretch on, stretched on rack, legs shot off. Yeah. God, legs shot off, horrible infection in brain. <laughs> Stabbed a dozen times. <laughs> Stretched on rack. He has had a day. He has been having one. Mm-hmm. But he's still he's still going. He's like, I'll bite your kneecaps off. <laughs> Feisty is how I would describe him. Yeah. A now, firecracker. Now, the two of them are going to head where Maul says he has unfinished business. The loading docks and hangar bays. Meanwhile... It's... Oh, that's where it goes to. Oh, it goes right to them? I thought I went to Siddiqui next. Okay. Oh, that's right. Ends on Siddiqui. No, no, it ends on Plagueis. Oh, that's right. Good. Well, good. There's several chapters left, which is useful because we're only at the halfway mark. Oh, yeah. No, You this... think all that rambling on about the worm would have gotten us somewhere, but no. The worm. No, the, uh, the time has come for Maul and Owen to head over to the hangar, and they get there in a turbo lift, mm-hmm. which is weird, given not, that not she hasn't one. shut them off yet. Yeah, you'd think that'd be an easy, a good idea to turn those off so that the, even if the prisoners win in the fight, they're still in the hangar bay. Yeah, I'm like, that would have been the first thing. And even if you didn't, like I was saying earlier, have a configuration where you can just open a hole to space or open up a giant pit underneath all of them, you definitely have a stop turbo lift button. Honestly, the thing I'm surprised that she hasn't thought to do, because she clearly doesn't care about the lives of her own guards, is just have one of her own ships take off, fly around to that part of the the, the hull, and blow it open. Oh, well, this is the hangar where all the ships are, I have to assume. Uh, the only There's hangar. only one. It's the only hangar. They didn't have any ships out on patrol or anything right now. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, they could have no ships at all. They, don't, they never talk about ships, so... I mean, they had... This one. Yeah. And I assume the only ships they really have are like these transport ones. Yeah, I I, I bet you she's really wishing right now she hadn't had Darth Maul kill all of her cool monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just set like, some I'll of that sh- shit down there. Throw a wampa at these guys. Yeah. Here, you can fight, uh, I don't know, like we think this thing's a Yujian Vong, and we also got this big lizard. We'll just throw, here. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Here's all our dumb nonsense. Here's every weird thing we got. You want to fight a fucking Aqualish? We're going to fill the room with water. <laughs> and I enjoy that Maul 
could not give less of a fuck about what's going on because Owen's like, holy shit, what is going on in there? And he's like, a firefight. Anyway, follow me. I know, me. he doesn't care. Maul is so single-minded and it's, a, it's something I appreciate about him as a character because the door opens, a blaster bolt instantly comes into the elevator. It scares the shit out of Owen, but Maul's just like, okay, I'm going to look around. All right, so, okay, uh, from the side of the pri- of the elevator door, let me just tell you real quick. There's prisoners on one side. They have better weapons and they're enjoying themselves. There's losing, dying guards on the other side, punctuated by the a guard running by with his face falling off. I mean, he doesn't even say any of that. He's just like, we should go. Yeah. And then Owen's like, huh, looks like prisoners are fighting guards, except the prisoners have better guns. And they're setting up a bridge to get across that big hole in the floor so they can fuck everyone up completely. Oh, yeah. This doesn't look like it's going real well idly wonder why they don't explode their hearts then remember these are new prisoners yep yep really the question is why aren't the uh the prison the guards just waiting until the prisoners start trying to cross that bridge and then just shooting the bridge i just shoot the bridge with a big gun so it breaks and then all the prisoners fall into that hole which goes somewhere i have to ass- i mean it's a space station you can't have an infinite depth hole on it no i i'm gonna you know the death star had some of those I'm very confused as to what the plan was here, especially because... Well, she's just trying to get out. That was the plan. Just get away from this nonsense and I'll deal with it later. <laughs> but I mean, even if she's like, well, fuck it, I'll just let Jabba destroy my entire livelihood and prison, you'd still want it to take as long as possible so that you could get out and go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's, I mean, we don't know what her thought process is because this isn't her in this chapter. Maul needs to go get whatever the hell it was that Vesto Sliffer was trying to get. Oh yeah. And again, Maul not caring about anything is great because he sees like the hollow thing of Jabba and goes, huh, Jabba. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Of course he'd be here. Why the fuck not? (laughs) Who cares? That whatever. uh, I mean, you got to assume his, because it tells us that he knows who Jabba is. He's like, oh, that's some crime Lord. Got nothing to do with me. Yeah, whatever he's doing here, I don't care. And he even later on in the same chapter will be like, yeah, Jabba doesn't care about me either. There's no way that those guys are going to be a threat to us. And I was like, I don't know that you think that how you think that Jabba's collection of prisoners who were sent to this ship that weren't under Jabba's control until the last 20 minutes wouldn't kill you indiscriminately because they're crazy and someone gave them weapons. (laughs) But if you're sure of yourself, cool, man. I mean, at this point, I assume... That they're just like, oh, anyone who's dressed as a prisoner, we can ignore for now because we have to kill the guards because they actually have guns. Yeah, we're just hoping that none of those people were in prison for being random murderers. Yeah, maybe random they, murderers. Maybe they asked them that when they were like, all right, who wants to help us fight the prison we're going into? You'll probably die. You can't have a gun if you're like, you know, an Ed Gain or something. Uh, raise your hand if you're a Manson. Okay, you guys have to stay on the ship. Thanks uh, for raising your hand. I'm a Marilyn Manson? <laughs> also have to stay on the ship. Aww. Thanks for your honesty. <laughs> There's women in this prison. You're not welcome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's just trying to find the old load lifter droid that... Uh, the, the, the Sliffer killer. Yeah, that had chopped the head off of Sliffer mm-hmm. and we had established had taken a tiny little box out of the giant coffin of guns mm-hmm. that uh, Jabba had brought with him and uh he's just kind of walking around with it is this droid yeah yeah uh so 
Maul dashes across the battlefield, makes it to the droid. Who is all fucked up at this point. Oh, yeah, all covered in blaster bolt scores and so on. But thing is, we've already established this droid can walk across a five-meter hole. Oh, yeah. So we, we know that this thing is a kaiju, as far as droids are concerned. <laughs> um, that's I'm, like 17 feet. Yeah, and no one's like, oh, I should shoot that droid specifically, I assume, because they're like, oh, if it has self-protection protocols, that'll murder me. Yeah, no. But it's I'm just sh- sort of too big to not accidentally hit no, in a firefight. No, it effectively is the broadside of a barn yeah. when it comes to the, the firefight setup. It's just getting hit by errant shots. So it's going to be fine forever. Uh, but he runs up and he's like, okay, well, I'll use my eidetic memory I have because of Sith, I guess. Uh, and and he's, he's like, yeah, please give me the thing. Uh, code IBC yellow, I don't know, triple stroke zero Z alpha or whatever the fuck his code was. Um, and, and unfortunately it's a voice command voice recognition code. Oh yeah. So it's just like voice verify. Uh, uh. I'm Vesto Sliffer. I want my package. That's what I sound like. <laughs> it's me, Vesto Sliffer. I'm a promising young mind in the banking industry. <laughs> but that does not work. So Maul's just like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to do what I did last time and jump on the back of this thing and slice it so it doesn't give a shit anymore. I, I love that you can almost feel the embarrassment from Schreiber not having an easy way to solve this stupid droid hacking problem. So he, where, where he's like, well, luckily, Darth Maul remembered just enough droid hacking to get this done. And I'm like, come on, don't just you don't, you don't need to be like, sorry, I forgot that I needed a hacker for this moment and didn't write one in. So I guess I'll make Darth Maul just bonus hacker. Except, you know, you're writing it. You didn't need to have him need yeah. that. You could have just been like. Yeah, he remembers the code and the the droid gives him the package. But no, it had to be like, uh, I need two scenes of Darth Maul jumping on the back of a giant robot and going, beep, boop, beep, now it does whatever I want. Yeah, the reason it feels shameful is because they have to explain why that worked both times, even though that only happened about five chapters ago. Mm. And and chapters in this book are like a page and a half. So they could have just been like, once again, using his his, uh, slicer training, he just slices the fucking droid instead of like, I wonder if I might be a good enough slicer from that time I was trained in slicing on some planet by some fucking guy. On slice planet by... Vesto Slicer. <laughs> I was trained by the original Slice himself with the refreshing taste of Lyman. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, he died in a crush. Oh, no. I had a fantasy about that. <laughs> His body was blown to Sierra Mist. <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> They get the little package from the droid, and it is a, like, mining thing that is a pressure builder. Because this is going back to uh, the episode where Maul was like, oh, you you aren't getting the right crystals. You need to bake these up better. And this is the thing they need yeah. to bake them up better. Yeah, basically... Uh, Whoever Sliffer has on his end, we know it's Darth Plagueis, has sent along a significantly better rock tumbler slash easy bake oven with which to make Sith lightsaber crystals. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, interestingly, he just kind of takes the package and is like, all right, now we leave. We're done. No one, 
shoots him or Owen. No one gives a fuck about either of them, neither from the, the guards or Jabba's people. Nobody cares. Yeah, I think there's enough excuses in place for why Jabba's people don't shoot him. They probably think he's another prisoner. He's obviously going to be on their side as soon as they get over this bridge. But the guards have got to be scared shitless to see someone in a prisoner jumpsuit on, on their, their side. side. Yeah. yeah, and <laughs> two of them carrying a big mysterious crate. That's what caused all the death the first time. Oh, that yeah. fucking Trandoshan in the crate. So, But I guess they're just too busy to see him. Oh, yeah. I mean, given that I think at this point when they show up, there's like a handful left. Yeah, that, that's got to be it. Uh, so they just fuck along, and that's pretty much the end of this chapter. Yeah, and then uh, we find out the warden is uh, hanging out in Med Bay as she gets a prosthetic bio-cyber leg put on from yeah, some GH7 droid. Yeah, her, a medical droid puts on a brand new orthotic robo foot for her. And she's trying it out in a little uh, re remark, uh, remembrance of the uh, Luke Skywalker trying out his new hand and it stings yep. scene. That it, it even she feels the the pain meds that the initial droid shot into her wearing off, and she's like, "Oh, good, that's that's uh that's clearing up the fog in my brain, so I can think good again. Yeah, I can think more good now. Mm, good, betterly. <laughs> but we find out there are." 42 of these prisoners slash Jabba's dudes. Yep. And all heavily armed. Mm -hmm. They say they've sealed off the main level, but we know they didn't shut off the turbo lift because Maul and Owen got down there. Maybe the turbo lifts only go down to there so they can send in more guards, but can't come back up. I'm sure the guards love that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, But we also find out that apparently opening up that, like big pit in the hangar bay yeah that uh, also opened up that like worm tunnel that happened above mall when he was hanging mm -hmm. out in the turbo lift zone uh it has also just opened up a bunch of random little thoroughfares throughout the prison that go who knows where mm -hmm. now she there's still some secrets by the end of this chapter but what we we establish is that there's some guard in there who she's talking to, and the guard's like, look, whatever you did, when you, when you changed the configuration, it opened up stuff we've never seen before. And she's like, yeah, I know. The guards are saying they don't even have surveillance networks out this far. We're, there's parts of the prison no one's ever seen before opened up. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you about that, so... But, I mean, no, she's immediately like, yeah, they're right. <laughs> yeah, no, she tells them that much, but that's as far as she's willing to go. There's shit on this prison that we don't know about, that, she's, that may not even be prisoner stuff. It yep. could be that this whole prison was built for something else, too. Uh, but we also get to find out how many of the guards are left, she wants to know. And we find out that 36 have died in the hangar, mm -hmm. which feels like a lot, given that they still have 42 on their side. Yes. Yeah. Well, I assume the ones who were surviving are more or less just hiding at this point and hoping that that bridge doesn't happen anytime soon i mean it it's just odd that you'd be like all right we send down guards they shoot at just a massed cluster of inmates and bodyguard dudes mm -hmm. and the fact that they can't seem to take out like any of them is yeah no, they, 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 that's that is weird that they still have 42 maybe they didn't start with 42 
I mean, they had a Kel Dragon extra when they got when they got in there. That and, and that the, the uh, Trandoshan has been killed. Siddiqui took him out with a power weapon. Yeah. So a few of them we know have died. Yeah, just not to guards. <laughs> yeah, the guards are worthless. Well, that's Star Wars guards for you. Yeah. Star Wars guards in a nutshell. Um, honestly, the thing I'm surprised Siddiqui hasn't done is just reconfigure the prison back so there's not the hole in the floor to get the prisoners to be like, yay, and then start running and then open the hole in the floor again. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'd do. I mean, sure, they wouldn't fall for it. They'd be like, fuck it. They're just waiting for us to get in the middle, but we need to get in the middle. So, <laughs> I mean, if you've already got the little bridge down, then just be like, great, just run on the bridge. Mm hmm. Or just open the configuration slightly so that part of the bridge falls in, like when they're on it. That's, I, But she's not doing any of that. I assume she has very limited controls over her cool hole floor. Apparently, she has extremely good knowledge of how to use it, except when it matters. Yeah, because all she's concerned with right now, as you can probably imagine, is her brother, Dakarai, who we know as readers is exceptionally splattered against a wall. But they don't know, mm -hmm. so she's like, get a search party, go find him, nobody's seen him in several hours, I need you to call me the second you find him. Oh, where are you going, Warden? Oh, I'm fucking off. I'm leaving, we're going to an escape pod. Uh, got mine, fuck you. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, the chapter says, like, oh, there's no reason to hide things now, she may as well be truthful so that her guards have, you know, the ability to do their job. The fact that you'd be like, guards, I need you to stay here and die. Mm -hmm. I'm going to an escape pod. I'm like, that's not going to work. If I'm that guard, I'm immediately like, oh, well, I murder you then. Yeah, well, thanks for telling me. I'm going to go to the escape pods. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, no, I quit. Where's the escape pods? Yeah. Uh, how about seven up yours? <laughs> that was the one we didn't do yet. Uh, so many refreshing tastes of of uh, lemon lime mixed together. Thank you for bringing in the one we hadn't done. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> now I'm feeling way mellow yellow about it. <laughs> oh, the off-brand Mountain Dew that no one remembers. <laughs> now I got to figure out how to how to Oh, I just need a surge of new ideas to get There it is. There's the <laughs> There we go. That's what Papa likes. <laughs> I mean, also DNL. <laughs> Mountain Holler. <laughs> oh, come on. You can't use store brands. <laughs> we'll be here all day. Dr. Thunder. <laughs> uh, mm, Sam's Club. Anyway, yeah, she's she instructs the guards to get a search party together and go find fucking Dakarai already. Now, that's got to be really... What the fuck are they going to do? The, the prison is completely in a new shape and there's whole chunks of it they've never seen before. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, this feels like the perfect moment for every guard in this prison to go, mm, nah. Yeah. Or for her to just try calling Dakarai. <laughs> I mean, How come obviously she put she a has. bell on your weird brother. God damn. I mean, given that she's like, oh, he never leaves his room. He's always in the same place, which we know is bullshit, given that he was living as Zero. Yeah, he must have been gone constantly. She Zero just never had, his had own enough room. time or reason to call on him, I guess. Zero always ate lunch in the prison commissary. What, what the fuck are we talking about? She didn't know. Yeah. Every time he leaves, it's lunchtime, and there's this one Twi'lek who's not a prisoner in there eating steaks. This is a very weird situation. I shall not look into it. <laughs> I'm not going to investigate anything I didn't previously have sex with and can blackmail. 
It's worked so far. It's gotten me here. <laughs> All right. So what's going on with Darth Plagueis? Or do you think we should tell people that story? I don't know. It's not one that Jeff and John would tell you. <laughs> sure we would. For money. Okay, it's going to be on the Patreon. For a dollar? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's cool. What's up? Uh, So, yeah, Plagueis is hanging out. He's talking to his droid who is letting him know, like, yeah, we we sent that uh, geologic compressor because we are doing a thing that is, like, halfway between helping and hurting Sidious because Plagueis apparently is like, oh, I'm fine with what Sidious wanted to do. Mm -hmm. What I'm not fine with is that he wanted to do it by himself as his own little project because I don't want him to get too far off the leash. Right. Now, the question I'm, I'm wondering here is, does when Plagueis says he's fine with all this, does that mean he just doesn't know that the ultimate goal of Sidious was to mur to have the Bandogora murder Plagueis? Yes. I assume that he's like, ah, yeah, the the goal that I had in mind, he's like, I, I assumed that he wanted to give a bomb to the Bandogora because their whole thing is we want to try and destabilize space. Right. Like part of the whole plan is make everything so messed up that Palpatine gets Supreme Chancellor emergency powers and takes over. Yeah. Like, that's the plan. And so giving the Bandogora a nuke is a good part of that plan. Yeah. Um, but when I read this, I had it in my head that Plagueis just knew everything. He knew everything that was going on and that he basically was like, yeah... Well, Sith apprentices are going to try and kill you sometimes. That's just going to Sith. That's fine. And it's important at this at this delicate stage in his development that he not be discouraged. So I'm going to let him think he's murdering me, even though it'll never work. It's it's. Oh, oh no. Oh, you almost we're going to put that murder attempt right on the Sith fridge. <laughs> but oh. you're, it's probably more likely that he thought that that uh, Palpatine had his own weird agenda that did not involve Plagueis murders. Yeah, I mean. It's part of the thing where I'm like, yeah, I guess Plagueis is one of those people that's like, oh, I, I'm so full and sure of myself that clearly I have all of the answers and no one could ever get one over on me. Right. Now, why don't we talk about the stage setting for this chapter? Because it's pretty neat. Oh, yeah. Because the conversation he's just having with his droid is pretty much what we've been saying. Just very matter of fact, talking mm -hmm. about you know, sending a, in a package and knowing that Darth Maul was going to get it. Mm -hmm. He's really looking forward to when he reveals to Dar to uh, Pla uh, Palpatine that it was him that sent that geologic compressor thing in there anyway to help his dumb apprentice out. Oh, yeah. He's basically like, I'm going to sabotage uh, Sidious's plan so that I can come in and save Sidious's plan so that he doesn't think he can do anything on his own and he needs me. Yeah, exactly. It's important at this stage in his in his development to really reinforce how important I am to him. I've got a real mommy dearest Sith thing going. <laughs> but in the background, we have the twitching undead body of Darth Venomous. Yeah, now Darth Venomous, for people who are not on our $2 Patreon feed, is a character we have covered extensively in the bonus content for this show. 
Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Uh, this is kind of a neat thing to, to come across him. Uh, in the extreme minor, because I really don't want to ruin the episode, uh, and it's not detailed that the book gives you anyway, uh, Darth Venomous was Darth Plagueis' uh, Sith Master. No, Plagueis's. Apprentice. Apprentice. Oh, he was his first apprentice? I had that backwards? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he's a former apprentice of Plagueis. Uh, that's all we need to know here. But he is a Bith. Uh, and he is uh, he he's in a basically formaldehyde fluid solution, dead yet twitching because of some kind of horrible experiment that Plagueis is just idly conducting on him uh, that he's been doing for the past twenty hours. It says, "Oh yeah, he's just like, and I'm gonna poke this guy a little, huh? Yeah. Neat, <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, what do you know? He's doing something. It says something about stealing vitality from his corpse or something. I mean." As far as I know, this is mostly just to fuck with him. Because he's like, oh, you're just in my torture goo. You should be dead. I'm making it so that you aren't. And it sucks for you. And that's hilarious to me, a Sith. Yep. Yep. He's a he's a bad, bad man. And he's got a. They're down in this giant stone dungeon because obviously as you go up in Sith Mastership, you eventually hit a giant stone dungeon stage. I mean, that's where that's where Palpatine eventually winds up. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So, uh. So he's down in this giant stone dungeon, uh, prodding one of his science experiments, of which he has hundreds in active development at any given time. Just constant, because this guy is the genetic research Sith. That's that's Plagueis' whole whole thing. Yeah, he's all about dicking around with the like midichlorians, fucking around with people's life energy, making Sith spawn. He just loves to mess with with bodies. That's his jam. Oh yeah, he wants to get it in there. And just really dance around in those guts. Everyone's got fingers and holes, right? Just get in there, Plagueis. <laughs> so while he's having this super calm, detached conversation, just in the background is some Bith going... <laughs> from, it, from its water pit. And yeah, he's just like, hey, this is the deal with Palpatine. I don't want Palpatine to get too full of himself. But it's important to, to foster his development and then ruin it right as he thinks he did something. That's yeah. that's how we do things here in, in Plagueis land. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like, you know, I figure Palpatine getting a little big for his britches, but I'm going to go ahead and slap his plans around a little and then help him out. I'm not quite ready to reveal that it's me who's helping him <laughs> because I want that to be a big reveal after Darth Maul finishes his little thing, to then go, and you know, Palpatine, it was me all along! You see, when Palpatine came to Plagueis Land, <laughs> I guess I let the bando go, rah. Yeah. yeah, something? Is that something? I let the bando mm -hmm. hit the floor, something? <laughs> Anyone? Are any of these anythings, Palpatine? <laughs> Send tweet? <laughs> Palpatine like, God, I hate this guy. Oh, man, oh. I can't wait till I nuke this guy. You can't just have a beer with him. <laughs> this guy, every time I try to drink with him, he's like, hey, you ever look at a genetic sequence? And I'm like, no, you nerd. <laughs> and then he buys the fucking drinks every time. He never lets me buy a round. I hate him. <laughs> and he lets you know he bought all the rounds. Oh, and he's like, don't worry. I've got so much money. It's not a problem, dick. <laughs> Every time he says something like, I know what you've been going through, and then he doesn't elaborate. What does he think I'm going through? <laughs> I don't need his pity. I love Sheev. 
that's the chapters. That's it. That's what we've been up to. Uh, very disjointed. Not a whole lot of co- cohesive story here. That wolf chapter, or wolfworm chapter in particular, just sort of a primer. Well, I mean, we're in the thick of the end right now. Oh, there's like three of these left. So at this point, we've got to have, you know, everyone setting up everything. This is just like, all right, Maul has the thing that Radik wants. The Jabba's people are about to go storm through the actual halls of this prison. You know, there's a bunch of stuff set up now. I am very curious for Maul's final act here. Is he? I guess he's going to take that thing over to Ivor Deek, who is crazy, intractable, and wants him dead, and be like, here, I've got this box with a, with an oven in it. Will you trade this for a nuke? And I, I'm going to assume no, so he's probably going to end up killing Radik and just taking a nuke. I mean, assuming he actually manages to find Radik in person. Yeah, I know. His his current mission is nuts. Yeah, it's it's a doozy. Yeah. I mean, because we also haven't had the Bandogora show up yet, but Maul called them to come here. We know they're coming, and they're a death cult, so that's going to be a whole thing. Oh, yeah. You're going to have this giant three-way fight between, like, the Gora and Jabba's people and the prison... Yeah, I mean, luckily the Bone Kings and Gravity Massive are dead, but the rest of the prison is still in strong working order. Well, you've got the prisoners and the guards. You've got a wolf worm to throw into the mix. We've got at least two prisoners in this prison that are were, uh, previous members of the Bando Gora. There's got to be more of them already, too. I mean, It's going to be nuts. Something is going to happen. I can assure you of that. Something will happen. It won't end with nothing happening. <laughs> I can promise you that the next, you know... 17 chapters or whatever that we read will not simply be Darth Maul contemplating a lily. (laughs) Consider the lily. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We've mentioned the Patreon a number of times throughout this episode, so I'll keep it brief. Patreon.com slash System Mastery at the $2 level will unlock the bonus content where John and I go to Wikipedia, find fun stories all about Star Wars, come back and tell them to you. It's worth it. It's worth your investment. There are a million of these to go listen to. It's a great jo- it's a great way to support us and keep us on the show. And also, John, why don't you tell them about how they should what they should do if they don't do that? Well, if you don't have the money to support us, we understand. Times are tough. There's a whole fucking pandemic. Mm-hmm. Things are tight for a lot of people, but you can still help support the show if you go on to wherever you listen to the show, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. Leave a good five-star review that makes us pop up on other things so that we get recommended to people and we can get more people to find us. Or you can just tell somebody that we're funny and you should listen to us. Or we're not funny, but we talk about Star Wars things, so listen to us anyway, you corporate whore. Exactly. Look, you're, you're, if you don't have any money, we understand. We certainly don't have any money. Uh, but you can still work as a Judas goat for people who do have money by leading them into our money-taking slaughterhouse. <laughs> Doesn't that sound fun for you? We've got this patreon.com slash abattoir where you come in and we just murder the money out of you. That's what we do. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Elan Bacchiano. And I hunger. We hunger for death sticks. 